Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running, and I'm so far from my. We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. Hey, 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 coming down from the gallows and I don't have very might be the longest hangover that we have had in Pittsburgh Steelers hangover on behind the steel's curtain, but man, is it a good one. This is the kind of bender that I want to go on as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Welcome fans. Once again, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Along with me is our very good friend, Anthony DeFeo. Anthony DeFeo, how are you today, my friend? Hey, Brian. I'm really, really well. It was a great win and a great weekend to uh, celebrate it. You know what? So it really was. And lots of things went on yesterday in Sunday games that made it even better. But let me remind you first, this show is brought to you by Behind the Steel Curtain. Now it's for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. You know, if you want to have commentary, it's there. If you just want straight news, it's there right away. You're going to know it right away. Um, Jeff and Simon, they're on top of things just like that. If you want to have some satire, you know you're going to get it from Tony Defio. You're going to get it from myself. Um, you're going to get predictions. You're going to get everything you want. There is a fine stable of writers and contributors, and it's just great stuff. So make sure your number one source for Pittsburgh Steelers news is www.behindthesteelcurtain.com. Now, Tony, here's a little factoid. This is the biggest point total since 1984, and that was a victory over the San Diego Chargers in November of that year. And here's the big thing. It was 52-24, to 24, and I'm still mad about that because the 6-6 six and six Steeler team really turned their season around with that huge win against Ed Luther and the San Diego Chargers. But the reason I'm mad, my parents went, Tony, and they left my sorry butt at Chuck E. Cheese. And that's a true story. <laughs> wow, well, there you never got over that, huh? Right, right. Yeah. No, I get, I get a stupid mouth singing the Turtles song, Happy Together, and they're, they're at the game, and I've never gotten over that. But uh, here they had taken me a few weeks before um, to a game against Houston, but, uh, you know, I couldn't believe they went to that game without me. But they also went to the Super Bowl without me, so to quote oh, my wow. good friend, not my good friend, but to, to, qu- to quote another Tony, Tony Soprano, what are you going to do? So, with that being said, no, it was a great victory. Um, so, Steelers hangover. 
what's your what are you thinking? What's your first thought and your knee jerk reaction after this game, Tony? Well, I I think that's the best I've seen them play at least early in the season. Remember we're having connection problems with you, Tony. Tony, we're having connection problems. The maestro out there. I mean, just put the in the world. I mean, credit to the line. Which is probably So we're having connection problems with Tony. Um, we're going to try to bring him back up in a second. But, uh, you know, what I'm thinking here is that was the most complete game of the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers and for, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. And Ben Roethlisberger, you know, I got to give the offense an A. In fact, I gave the offense an A-plus in my grades. I gave the defense an A. I gave the special teams an A-plus. And I never do that. But your valedictorian had to be Ben Roethlisberger. Tony, Tony, yes, <laughs> excuse yes. me, Tony, if you're still there, there you go. Yes, sir. So I don't know if, I don't know if you heard that. I was having some connection problems, so I had to put you on hold, but I wanted to bring you back. Um, so that was the most complete game they have played all season. Uh, in fact, I think that's one of the most complete games I've ever seen them play. I don't remember a time when they – didn't punt until the fourth quarter. And I got to tell you, there's, uh, you know, the first touchdown, you were thinking, oh, no, here we go again, because McCaffrey is running all over them, and he was my key to be able to stop. You stop that number two running game in the NFL, you're going to be okay. And here they just ran all over them. And then they just buckled down. The defense started rushing and forcing stuff and just looking really, really splendid. And so they just took over that game. And I, I feel like primetime Ben was out in force. And on the uh, on the previous show, Jeff Hartman and I were talking, and he brought it up first, and I agreed with him, that Antonio Brown has yet to have an A-B game. And even though he didn't have A-B yards, like 180 yards, he was just magnificent. But Ben had a primetime Ben game, a perfect rating, five five touchdowns, one sack, no interceptions. He just looked, you know, tremendous. And that's exactly what you need from him going forward, just a complete win. I couldn't be happier, Tony. Yeah, me either. Uh, it was uh, – you're talking about A.B., but I mean, they're they're not going to stop double and triple teaming him. Obviously, uh, you know, at least not yet. But he he talking about Ben. He found nine different receivers. He hit nine different receivers that night. So so he's he's uh, trusting his secondary receivers now, where maybe he didn't do that in the beginning of the year. You saw the frustration between him and Ben through the first month of the season. Well, now they they found a formula, and that's hit the man that's open, and and. Ryan Switzer, Vance McDonald, even Rosie is going to attack. So it was just a, a, a tremendous, tremendous night on positive ball. And, and you, know, you mentioned the first game of, or the first drive by the Panthers. Well, after that, I think like maybe 100 yards until until garbage time. So, I mean, and that's what they've been doing this past month. I mean, they're, the defense is getting off the field on, on a third down. They're, they're just relentlessly rushing the passer. It's just 
it's just been a great uh, past five weeks and, and a lot different than it was last year when they were on their winning streak. Last year, we had a lot of these shows where we were saying, well, a win is a win. Well, they're not doing that now. Now they're winning convincingly, and not just last week, uh, the, the first four games too. And that's, that's the big difference. You mentioned Rosie Nix. Let me ask you a question about him. Is he the most complete role player on this team? And uh, let me further that. If you were going to take a top ten in power rankings for the Pittsburgh Steelers just as a team, you could put coaches in there, you could put anybody, wouldn't Rosie Nix be in the top ten power rankings of importance to this team? I think yes. Well, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's, he's one heck of a, a blocker on, on, on running plays. He's a great fullback. And he's a special, just a special teams demon. I mean, that play he made, the, the way the presence of mind to, to knock that ball loose on that on that return. I mean, I don't know if anybody else on the team could have could have done that. I mean, it's just he's just a tremendous tremendous asset to this team, and and I just top ten, top five, whatever. I'm just glad he's now. If you go ahead, we talked about the valedictorian when you were on hold. Would you? put the valedictorian cap on anybody else but Ben Roethlisberger, Tony. Oh, absolutely not. No, he's he's the valedictorian for sure. I mean, it was probably the best game of his career. You know, he did a few years ago. Probably the most I've ever My favorite play of the game. I just won Ben Run. So there's something about it. Not scrambling. Something about he runs. I just, my favorite games I've ever seen him play. Yeah, it was, it was an absolutely amazing game from Ben. I, you know, I think he has arrived. I mean, he's always been here, but I think his, I mean, the last few weeks, he has really put it together. Those first quarter struggles are gone, and you knew they were gone when he threw that 75-yard strike to Juju on the very first play of the game. So we're talking about grades. We gave A's all around. Um, you really have to, even Danny Smith's team, which I don't normally do. I mean, just a fantastic game from him. The honor roll, hey, look, we're not going to do honor roll tonight. And usually when we don't do honor rolls, because they have a devastating loss. Honor roll, I can't think of anybody to keep off of it except for one person, and I hate to just keep raining on this guy, but I have to, so I have to put one guy in detention. And, Tony, you and I don't discuss this beforehand, but who am I putting in detention for this game? The uh, 2016 first-round pick, Artie Burns. Yeah, and it's a shame. I mean, I hate to have to keep doing this. I root for the guy, but he comes in. And, like, the second play he's in there, that that was just a blatant pass interference. It was, it, it, And you knew it was going to happen. You saw him doing it, and you're like, ah. And then he's off the field. And we don't like we're not gonna see him again. So when you give up that – I mean, that was garbage time, but a more dominant win if you're winning 52-14. to 14, the, They did not have to give up that touchdown. Did it matter? No, but it's just the principle of it already looked bad on that. So he's our only person with the dunce cap on for uh, this game. I don't even think they do dunce caps 
I don't think they did dunce caps in uh, in the 80s when I was going to school. But I think that's just uh, Dennis <laughs> the Menace myth. But it sounds funny. I mean, Tony, have you ever donned the dunce cap? No, no. I was made to sit in the corner a few times, but never a dunce cap. I have to leave that ornery Tony Defio. I'm, I'm sure there's some stories. I'm sure there was some <laughs> alcohol in the teacher's lounge after teaching Tony for a few years. That's, <laughs> I know it was that way for teaching one young Brian Anthony Davis. Um, Josh, I I think I even killed my sixth grade teacher. I'm not I'm not for certain though, but uh, that's that's a morbid story for another time. Um, physically, no, but mentally, I probably did. But with that <laughs> being said, it's going to go downhill really fast. And there's this one person, one devoted listener that could definitely get this train back on track and get us out of the gutter. And it's our good friend from Jersey. Let's hear it for Vito. What's up, my man? Gentlemen, good evening. How are you? Hey, Vito. Good, good. I never. What do you know? Come in. I never expected them to come out and play the way they did. I thought it was going to be a shootout, especially after the first drive where Carolina went down the field and scored a TD. I didn't expect them to score 11 seconds, and then all of a sudden the pick six which kind of turned that game around. But I guess people need to realize that maybe this team, you know, has a different motive this year than last year. Not that last year they weren't good, but if you remember last year, a lot of games we were just barely winning. A lot of games we should have lost that we just barely won. So maybe you're finally starting to see the combination of Ben and the new offensive coordinator clicking and just coming up and dialing things up that, Haley didn't dial up, and you notice the offensive line is playing great. And I think Ben's at his best when he's able to spread the ball around to all the different people on the offensive line, all the different weapons he has. I mean, you don't want to just keep forcing things to Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. You want to involve everybody. He's doing that a lot more now, and I think play calling has a lot to do with why you're seeing them having the success they've had over the last five games. And you know what? If it wasn't for that nasty weather in the first game, we probably would have won that one against the Browns because we had a 14-point lead when those two key mistakes occurred. But remember, that weather was horrible there. So that definitely gave, you know, the Browns an edge in being able to make those big plays. Um, What are your thoughts on the upcoming game this week? And I think Pittsburgh should be angry and they should be ready to pounce on these guys. I really think they should, you know, they should not forget what happened both times they played them. Tony, not to be a letdown game either. Tony, roll with this one first. Well, as far as the Jaguars, I think, you know, if, if you remember what Pouncey said after the last, for the Carolina game, they're focused. They have laser focused. And a lot of people are calling this upcoming game a revenge game. And I don't think they should go into it with that kind of mindset. I think they should just keep playing the game and, and keep emotions out of it as best they can. I mean, it is football. It's hard to do. But I just think they they have something good going on here. I mean, they're they're really playing well on both sides. They're really playing their game. And if there's one takeaway from Jacksonville last year, is Jacksonville played their game all year, all the way through the playoffs into the AFC Championship game, where they had a ten point lead in the fourth quarter. And and I think that's what Pittsburgh's doing this year. They're really they've really found the niche, a formula on both sides of the ball, a rhythm. And I don't think they should go into Jacksonville like they would go into Cincinnati and just want to, you know, trash talk and, and put emotion. 
Just keep playing your game. And I think if they do that, they're gonna they are gonna win. I mean, who who's gonna remember a revenge win over the Jaguars if they lose in the first round of the playoffs again? Nobody. So just take care of business and move on to Denver. That's how I feel about this week's game. You know, I agree, Tony, in uh, keeping the emotions out of it, but being laser-focused once again, and I really think they're doing that. Who were the two guys that did the most trash-talking before that game? Mike Mitchell, he's in Indianapolis. He played the Jaguars last week. Le'Veon Bell, he's in parts unknown. And uh, yeah. from the looks of it, he might not be showing up tomorrow, but I have some more thoughts on that a little bit later, and we'll get back to good Mr. Bell in just a, a few uh, a few moments. But, you know, back to your point, Fido, I was surprised, too. I mean, next to having to opening the door and finding a woman in lingerie on your couch, that was one of the greatest surprises of my life, the way they played that game the other day against Carolina. I never expected that to happen, especially against the number two rushing defense in the league. That's how good this Carolina team is. So I was shocked the way they played. I probably shouldn't have been because this is what we've been looking for all along. This is what we said should be with this offense. And now when you have the number four passing game in the league and you have the number four and this is going into the game, the number four passing passing game and the number four overall offense, you're going to have fireworks. And the biggest thing was the fact that Antonio Brown had his meltdown early after the Chiefs game, and Ben Roethlisberger decided that, you know, I'm done forcing the ball into this guy, but he's getting touchdowns. He's still, you know, you know, a fantasy champion. He is still just going crazy on the stat sheet just because he's one of the leaders as a receiver in touchdowns, one of the touchdown scoring receivers in the league. So Antonio Brown's happy and they're winning. So, I mean, if you're looking at a guy that isn't going to be happy unless he's leading the league in every category and doesn't care whether his team ends eight and eight, like a guy, I think, Le'Veon Bell has proven himself to be, and I don't think A.B. is that guy. I think A.B. is on top of the world because they're winning, and they look like a Super Bowl contender once again. We look at last night, yesterday's game. New England did not look like a contender. Um, Kansas City, you know, they didn't play. They played a bad Chiefs team, excuse me, a bad Cardinals team, and didn't beat them up. And next week on Monday Night Football, they are playing the Los Angeles Rams. So that could be another loss. Pittsburgh right now is the second-ranked team in the league in the AFC. Excuse me. And, you know, they're, very, they're only a game and a half back of the Chiefs. And that Chiefs tiebreaker is gone because of the tie that Pittsburgh and Cleveland did. So maybe that tie is a little bit of a blessing. I don't know. But if they didn't have that tie and had a win, they would still be one game behind this team. And if they ended up being tied, they would still they'd be two games behind this team, actually. So, um, with that being said, that's just because of the tiebreaker against Kansas City. So I know that's that's a big mouthful, but uh, what I'm saying is this team is looking up, and Kansas City has some tough dates down the road. Now, the Steelers do too. The Steelers still have to go ahead 
and face a team in the Los Angeles Chargers on December 2nd. They have to face the Patriots on December 16th and December 23rd against the all-world New Orleans Saints, who I think is a favorite for the Super Bowl at this point. Um, I'm just hoping they have that division so wrapped up by week 16 that they decide to sit everybody and their brother and uh, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh could have an easier time. And I know that's that's a cop-out to say you want to beat a team at its best, but I have a feeling that's a team you can beat in the Super Bowl, too. So, um, I mean, you you would face in the Super Bowl and would be tough to beat. So, the bottom line is getting that number one seed, and that could help them get the number one seed. But with that being said, Vito, I was surprised, but as soon as they scored that 75-yard touchdown and then they got the lead on that defensive play, I was I sat back a little bit. I'm like, you know, it's in the, in the bag, and you're not supposed to celebrate until there's zeros in the clock. But I felt like this game was over when it was 14-7, to seven, you know. Hmm. Amazing, right? Yep. Amazing. Well, maybe they need to have the focus, like you said, one game at a time. Focus on the opponent you're playing and don't look ahead to week 13 or 14 or 15 or 16. Focus on the opponent you're facing today. Give it your 100%. Give it your all. Everybody's got to do their job. And I think, you know, the only way they lose is if they beat themselves. Exactly. And this does not seem like a team, Tony, that is going to beat themselves at this point. I think they are so – they're a band of brothers. And Ben Roethlisberger used that 10 years ago in the 2008 season. And they're a band of brothers, once again, united against a force that's not even there and made them more of a team. And they are so united around a guy like James Conner. So the question I have going forward – Vito, I'll ask you this question. Tony, I'll ask you the same. Now, can they win going forward without Le'Veon Bell? And here's the here's the the caveat, though. I mean, we saw James Conner vulnerable with that concussion and going out. And I'm not saying that the concussion is going to plague him. He should be playing this weekend. But there could be life with Stephen Ridley right around the corner. And does uh, Le'Veon Bell not showing up? hurt their Super Bowl chances because of that big balloon in the corner that he might not be uh, showing up at all and James could get hurt. Vito, I'll ask you first. Well, listen, he definitely makes us better, right? I mean, he definitely adds another wrinkle to our team if we have him. I mean, because we could use him differently, but I, I I don't think so. You know, as much as, you know, we probably miss not having him because he's been able to, you know, win us a lot of games, have him in there. I think this team has changed and they've worked around not having him and they're doing a lot of different things without him in there. And they're just using other people. You know, they're getting the tight ends involved a lot more, which is a big deal. I mean, you know, remember there's been a lot of games last year. We didn't have Vance McDonald because he was injured. So having Le'Veon Bell helped a lot, but now that you got Vance McDonald and you have, Jesse James, and you have Connor, and you have Juju Smith-Schuster stepping up, you know, Brown doing his thing. You know, Washington is also, you know, can be an up-and-coming guy. He may get a couple of passes each game. You never know. So uh, I think if Bell shows up, does he add another wrinkle to the offense and makes us that much more potent? He definitely does. And if he doesn't show up, we got to deal with it. We've been dealing with it all season long. I think, you know, we're still a contender. 
no matter what, because we have enough weapons on this team. And that doesn't mean that the team can't go out and, and find somebody in the coming weeks because they have plenty of cap space. So if tomorrow Bell doesn't show up, the team knows right then and there that $14.5 million in cap space is on the table. Now they may even want to go out and find somebody if there is anybody to add for depth. You never know. So can't count the match just because very one good. Yes, he's a great player. Yeah, very. I mean, very good point. Thank you, Vito. Um, we will talk to you next week after the game, and we appreciate all your insight, my friend. Thanks, gentlemen. Good evening. All right. Take care, Vito. Good evening. One of the best. Vito from New Jersey. Love when he calls in, and uh, he's like clockwork, and you got to really appreciate that. Um, can I ask you the same question, Tony? It, are they setting themselves up, or is – I'm not going to say setting themselves up, but – should this be a little bit of a mirage that they are so much better without Le'Veon Bell because of the threat of injury to James Conner? Because that's a very real thing. Um, I mean, I've been going back and forth with this in my mind for weeks now. Do I want him to show up or do I want him to show up? And obviously, if he shows up and he's and he's uh, mature and, and uh, he's and he's world great actors. I think he can't take Connor out. As far as. And we're having trouble with uh, Tony's microphone once again. Um, so, they were down. Nobody. So uh, we're just going to put him on hold for a moment and, and hope that subsides. But, you know, as far as everything is going, um, I worry about a James Conner injury. And my question is, and, and this is this is a very interesting question here. I'll bring this up. When has Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, when have these guys been right this entire year when it's come to Le'Veon Bell? They haven't. So is Le'Veon Bell just pulling the strings of these and telling these guys or having it leaked that he's going to be coming back and not, and now that he's not coming back because he's in Pittsburgh. So it makes me wonder if he's just messing with these guys once again, and I I absolutely believe he is. So tomorrow might be very interesting. He could very well show up tomorrow and uh, and sign a – sign a franchise tender. He'd have to do it very early because he has to get a physical. He's got to, I mean, they've got a lot of work to do. So while, while I believe it's unlikely, I'm not completely convinced that it's not going to happen just for the fact that he has been a fountain of misinformation the entire year. So who knows with that? Tony, I'm going to see if uh, we have your mic problems fixed there. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter really know what's going on right now? Uh, no, because everybody's been wrong all the way since before the uh, before week one. I mean, going back to the spring, he said he would be here in week one, and, and he told his he obviously told his teammates he would be here for week one, and he wasn't. And you got time we're losing Tony's mic again. 
Um, so with that being said, we'll uh, actually see if we can get him to call back in, and we'll go ahead and do that. But, you know, I think it's a really, you know, fair thing to say that that he's feeding these guys a big, fat lie each and every time, and they fall for it. And, you know, one of my concerns is, is are the media making this whole thing worse? And is he, <laughs> excuse me, gullible enough to think that this is a real possibility, that that uh, everything that they say that the Steelers might do is true? And I'm actually thinking that Le'Veon Bell is gullible. I think the the media at this point is gullible with this whole situation, and we're believing everybody. We're gullible too. We're believing everything that the media is saying, Tony. Yeah, and we have no choice because because they're they're the supposed insiders. You know, guy. You know, like Ian Rappaport. He's, he's Adam Schefter. They're, they're supposed to be on top of all this stuff, and and we're supposed to believe what they tell us. And so far, everybody's been 100% wrong. So it would not shock me at all if he signs tomorrow because because uh, uh, everything else up to this point has been wrong. So why why wouldn't the fact that he's not supposed to sign tomorrow be also be wrong? And I agree with that 100%, Tony. Um, so we will see tomorrow. The deadline is 4 o'clock. Um, he's got to report earlier, though, with – all of the, these things that have to be done before that deadline. Um, you know, Cinderella time is, is coming up, and that's, that clock strikes midnight at 4 o'clock, and we'll just see what happens. Uh, I still think it's a long shot, but I still will as well. So, um, you know, with that being said, the the other question I have is, does this guy and his agent – Adisa Bakari, do they know what they're doing? And, you know, I saw an article today suggesting that nobody's giving this guy a break because he's making a sound business decision. But you know what? You come in right now, you are not going to play a lot. You're going to be used sparingly, and you can you can get that money back. If he does not report he would have to make $42 million over the next two seasons to recoup the money that he has lost. And that is a significant amount of money, Tony. And I don't think that uh, he's going to get that money because I've hired people before. I've made personnel decisions. And I check references. I know you don't check references in the NFL, but you could watch what's going on. And you see it. And a part of me saying Am I going to invest all this money in a guy that I just watched screw over a model franchise? I'm not going to do it. I know a team like Cleveland would. I know maybe Indianapolis would. But, uh, of course, the the Raiders and and the Cowboys would in a New York minute. Um, But how much are they going to give him? And I don't think it's going to be the astronomical number that he wants based on this performance this year off the field. I'm talking about the strippers. I'm talking about the jet skis. I'm talking about the fountain of misinformation, Tony. 
Absolutely, and, and and the Steelers themselves what they've been able to do without uh, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, there's no question he's a great. Player. There's no we can't take that away from him, but the fact that they've been able to, pr- to produce so well and James Conner's been able to play so well and perform so well and fill the void, it it, it doesn't uh, speak well. Le'Veon Bell's going to next year, and plus, I think you know his whole career. He, you know, one of his, the hallmarks of his career is he was a workhorse. He wanted the ball. He wanted to be in there all downs. Now all of a sudden, he's worried about about um, too many too many touches. He's worried about the Steelers using him too much. If I'm a, if I'm a franchise that's it's thinking about signing him next year, I'm going to be thinking, well, has he lost a step? He's lost two steps, and he's just afraid to, to say it because we all know uh, how you know what he had like two or three carries over 20 yards last year. So he lost his step as he, as he lost his, you know, what made him so special between 2014 and 2016. So, yeah, I think, you know, he to get the 14 million back, I, some teams get to have to really have faith in him. And I'm not sure if any team at this point is going to do that. Cause you see all these backs coming up, you know, late in the draft, they're coming out of nowhere and, and, Again, you don't have to spend that kind of money on a running back. I think James Conner is proving that yet again. So I don't think he's going to get the money he wants next year. I don't think he is either. And at this point, we are 15 hours and 46 minutes away from this saga being complete. And I'm just happy that the deadline is coming. You know, I'm I'm going to be perfectly transparent with everybody. I still hope he shows up. and. I, the reason I hope he shows up is one of the things Vito said. He does make this team better. And we talked about this, uh, you know, at great length last week, that it's Mike Tomlin that is the key to this whole thing and keeping this team together. And I really think that he is going to go ahead and make the right decisions as far as Le'Veon Bell goes and as far as James Conner goes. Look, this guy comes in, he doesn't have to be the workhorse. That's fact. James Carter's here. It doesn't have to be that workhorse. Another fact, you could split carries. I mean, even if it's 70-30, everybody's happy because Bell would be happy because he's not in, you know, getting worked to death. But he still be, will be able to make an impact. And there will be some situations where he is there on the field at the same time. And that's going to present so many matchup issues. That's why I want him to come in. Tony, what's your heart saying? I mean, what do you want? Not what your brain's saying. What, what does Tony Duffio want when it comes to Le'Veon Bell? Well, I, mean, I, want, him, I want him to show up because, because he is a, a special talent. And, and I want him to show up with the understanding that he's not going to be the guy anymore. And, and if he can do that and, 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 and be a, a nice uh, change of pace, so to speak, uh, a guy that gives Connor a breather, then that's, that's fine. I, I, I definitely want him to show up because, as I, I was saying before, look at what's happened to them in, in, in recent playoff pasts. Right before the playoffs, their they're starting running backs go down. They have nothing to replace them with. You know, Tucson, guys like that. So Ben Tate. So, I mean, obviously I want him to show up, but it's going to have to be – as you said, uh, he has to understand 70, 30, 80, 20 kind of deal. And it would be the ultimate diva move for him to come in now and, and, and just expect to be the workhorse. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't fly. So that's the only thing I would be concerned about is, is how he would react 
his behavior on social media. And once again, we're having problems with Tony. So once again, we're having problems with Tony's mic. So that's something that we're going to have to, you know, go ahead and get fixed. Um, the next question is, what's your gut saying? And my gut is saying that he doesn't show up, but I am not looking at it as 90-10 that he's not showing up. I think there's a 40% chance that he shows up tomorrow. Um, but I still don't believe it's going to happen, but I still think it's possible. Um, Tony, what's your gut saying? I'd say at this point, it's probably about a 15 to 20% chance that he does show up. Yeah, I don't think he's showing up. Um, I, you, I know you think the, the chances are less. Um, I really... Uh, I don't think he's showing up, but I think that there's more of a possibility because of how much the media, I'm talking Schefter, I'm talking Rappaport, and these guys have completely botched this whole thing. Um, you know, they they said they had firsthand information at one point, and, and they very well could have, and that shows you so much of, of the character of a person who, if they are giving these guys misinformation. So, I mean, I think uh, this entire holdout has been botched by a bell side. And uh, the winners so far are the Pittsburgh Steelers, just for the fact that they're playing more cohesively and playing more as a team. So, Speaking of playing as a team and cohesively, I don't feel like they played as a team against Jacksonville in that playoff game in Pittsburgh last year, then in 45 to 42. It doesn't matter that they're in Jacksonville this time. Um, I was actually at a game in Jacksonville where the Pittsburgh Steelers played poorly, but, but won the game. That's not the easiest place to play. Um, it's a great stadium. It's a great environment, but I just don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are right anymore. I think that this team is completely, the defense is completely struggling. Um, now, a lot of their struggles have been the, um, due to the fact that Leonard Fournette has played sparingly this year because of injury. I mean, he came over. He didn't put up a lot of yards, but he had two touchdowns. He had some receptions yesterday. So, I mean, he definitely made an impact um, in the fantasy football world. But he actually uh, – those two touchdowns, that's a big deal. But if they could uh, – if they could just handle him a little bit better than they did in those those two games, those two meetings last year, they have a very good chance of winning this game once again. Um, I don't think the defense is the same. I just don't think they're the juggernaut that they were. makes me think that this is a one-and-done team, that they were just an aberration last year. Tony, is this Jacksonville team, were they just a flash in the pan last year? I think they were a team that that managed to buy. They they all bought in at the same time, and they were like I said before, they were they were all playing. They were playing their game on both sides of the ball, and they they found a formula for success. Where, like you said, 
don't have that this year, and I think that that's because they don't have a great quarterback, so they can't sustain it. But the but the one caveat, as you said, is Leonard Fournette. He's back, and he tortured them last year in two games. So it's going to be that's going to be the key Sunday is is uh, stopping him and Ben not turning the ball over like he did last year. But it's a different Ben now than it was last year. It's a different everything with this team. It's they're not, they're not winning like they were last year. They're winning more convincingly, and I look for them to go go to Jacksonville and take care of business and treat it just like another game, seven two and one. Okay, seven two and one. That's a great number, and I love to hear that number. Let's put a score to that. Let's let's put you out there. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm still I'm all in on this offense right now. I just think it's 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 uh, Randy Fickner and and uh, Ben Roethlisberger. They're playing it like a violin, and I think it's I, I'm gonna go thirty one thirteen Steelers. Wow, that's a bold statement. If I could quote. John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. That's a bold statement. And, uh, you know, that that would be amazing. I think this team this team has proven that they can score 42 points on Jacksonville. It makes me wonder if Berg was the team that unraveled this defense last year, even though they unraveled. The Pittsburgh defense was completely unraveled, and a lot of it had to do the, to the Ryan Chazier injury. Um, they have really put it together. They figured out how to play. I've got to give them the victory to go six in a row in this game. I am looking at a score of I think they could eclipse 30 once again, but I'm going to say no. I'm just going to say 27 to 26 in favor of the Pittsburgh wow. Steelers. I think it's going to be a close one. Um, but uh, then again, I ha- I haven't been right on a score all year. Um, I even picked the Browns to beat Kansas City, so you know what do I know? But with that being said, very looking forward to this game, Tony. And what is your, you know, you predicted the score, but who is going to be the guy next week that we are talking about as the valedictorian in this game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Tony? I think, Don, what he did last week, we didn't really talk about that. He, I think, have a great. He has an Okay, we are. I mean, I uh, I think I made that out because you're you're having some trouble with your microphone. Um, I don't know what's going on with the connection, but uh, look like you said, uh, you know, T.J. Watt and Ben Roethlisberger having the games. You know, I I think it's Ben Roethlisberger. I think he wants redemption from the pick sixes against against them, and I know he can't be going in trying to force the ball to get revenge. But, I mean, I think there's a level of pride with these guys. They want to get redemption. I think it's Ben Roethlisberger's game once again. I think he is the offensive player. Um, I, he hasn't been named offensive player of the week yet. Um, there is a possibility that he can get that honor. I would love to see him get it. Um, but I really think that he could go ahead and avenge that loss by himself. I think this is Antonio Brown's game. Um, I don't care that he's playing Jalen Ramsey. Um, I don't think that the secondary is what it was last year. I'm looking at Antonio Brown going off. I think it's going to be just one of those games once again 
where they keep that winning streak alive and uh, just keep that fall record um, in October and now November. Let's see if they can go undefeated for November as well, and that would be huge. One thing that I look at for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I always break them down by quarter. The first quarter of the season, they were 1-2-1. and one. Second quarter of the season, 4-0. and oh. Yo, they're currently 1-0 and oh in this quarter. If you could go ahead and go 3-1 and one in every quarter or average that, then you're going to have a 12-4 and four season, and that's, a, that's good enough to, you know, win the Super Bowl every year. I mean, that's a really good record in the National Football League. So if you can get to that 750 mark, that's fantastic. They're not going to get to that 750 mark because of the way things are going with that tie weirding things up. Um, There might be, I'm predicting at least one more loss this year, Um, but I really think this team is going to go deep into the playoffs and and actually go for a Super Bowl. But like Tony said, like we've all said, like Vito even reiterated, it's got to be one week at a time. And I think this Jacksonville game is going to be a game that we're talking about favorably next week once again. So, Tony, thank you for everything. We will talk to you again next week, my friend. Okay, Brian, I can't wait to get back together with you again next Monday. All righty. For Tony Duffio and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, I am Brian Anthony Davis, and my friends, the Pittsburgh Steelers, beat the Carolina Panthers 52-21, to and you have just been hungover. Good night. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.